Well, good morning. We are continuing in our sermon series about the, uh, the seven key values of, of McKnight Crossings. And today, um, you know, we've, we've, talked about, um, we've talked about the Holy Spirit. We've talked about um, the next generation. I, I did that one. I don't know why I'm forgetting it. And then uh, Jason talked about family. I want to bring uh, Jason up here for just a moment. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you to Jason for the sermon he did that he shared last week. Um, we have we have definitely been blessed um, with with people here at McKnight that can that can share God's word and um, and I'm grateful for somebody like Jason. Um, I've been able to share time with with Jason in um, in our small group and you know just a, a few guys that meet together for for a while on Zoom. We haven't done it in a little bit. Um, but I'm I'm grateful for for his heart his heart with um, with acts and with he's I know he's he's been a mentor in you know with the teens for a while but just to be able to share with you about family last week and I've asked him to come up here we've got a little um, demonstration we've we sent the kids out and I don't know if you know this about our kids but whenever we send them out a lot of times they might get a snack and um, so I figured since I was preaching I could have a little snack. Um, so we've got a couple different things that we're going to be putting in a in a salad. I, I was reading um, from Scott McKnight's book. Here's some of your stuff, Jason. They go a little bit different than mine. Um, you got a couple forks there for mixing as well. All right. So I was reading in a, a book by Scott McKnight called um, "A Fellowship of Difference." That's the difference is in like D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-T-S. Not there's a lot of differences between us, but difference. And he um, he compared the church to uh, salad. And I love that analogy because, you know, I know how I like my salad. Now, Jason's got a few different things he's putting in, in his. Mine is definitely a very... Um, uh, American salad. This is probably the way I grew up eating salad. You know, so I've got I've got some ham and some cheese and um, um, a few carrots and then just a bit of tomatoes. I like tomatoes. Jason, did you see what all was in yours? What did you have in yours? You had some some carrots. You had a lot. Some of the same stuff. Walnuts and some. Yeah, you got a little, yeah, just drizzle that on. You probably don't need a whole bunch of that. And I've got, I've got, um, you know, you definitely had some different types of lettuce in there. I know I just had, you know, iceberg lettuce. And of course, what's a salad without some bacon bits? You know, I used to eat these by the spoonful whenever I was a kid. Did anybody else do that? Still do? Yeah. That was like my favorite thing. I mean, you can't have enough. My grandma, that's, that was one of the times I remember a wooden spoon to my backside for my grandma was whenever I would just dive in and get, and get those, so, and then ranch. I actually don't like ranch anymore. I used to like ranch a whole lot. My wife likes ranch, and now my middle daughter likes ranch, but you didn't just put ranch on. You put ranch on, right? That's the way I remember Sal. Jason, did you give yours a good mix? Okay, Good. Hold on one second. Makes you hungry? Sorry, Melissa. That wasn't enough. <laughs> so this is kind of one of the ways that I really remember salads. You know, you'd go get a salad, and there's places that still do this, but 
You know, Quain actually taught me a new way to eat salad so you don't get quite as much dressing where you just kind of take a bite of the lettuce and everything and then you dip it and That's so stupid. Um, <laughs> it's a Weight Watchers move. I mean, come on. So there's a little bit, a little bit of a difference between my salad and your salad, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things that I've noticed just drizzling a little bit, have you ever just tasted a little bit of olive oil? You know, you can put a little bit, and there's not really a huge taste. You know, you don't really taste a whole bunch. But one of the things that I found that it does is that it enhances all everything that's that's in the salad. So you really taste the different types of lettuces that are in there. The lettuces, there's there's just you know, lettuce eye, yeah. Um, you know, maybe there's dip, but there's in here there's some kale, there's some red cabbage, and and you can taste some of the differences in those, but then you, you, you know, the flavor of the, uh, you know, the walnuts even, and the, and the tomatoes, and everything is enhanced whenever you're talking about, you know, just, uh, just drizzling on that, that olive oil. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate you making salad. I didn't want to make two of them. So, <laughs> and then you have this salad, and uh, there is one thing that you're going to be tasting with this salad. <laughs> There's one thing you're going to be tasting with this salad, and that's ranch. And that's pretty much it. You might get a hint of those bacos, depending on how many you put in there, but you're tasting ranch. I'm going to come back. I might take a bite of that in a little bit. Maybe. We'll see. Um, whenever I think about the idea of, of diversity and what that means in, in our life, in our church. One of the things that, that it takes me back to is just after uh, the flood. Just a few chapters as we're reading about the flood, we, we read about the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11. And there we're told about a group of people. They all spoke the same language and they settled on these plains and... and um, and they decided that they made a new way. They had a new way of making bricks. They stopped using stones. And so they would take the clay and they would cure it and they would make, make bricks. And they started to build a tower. They started to build this tower not because they needed a great place to live, but so that they could be magnified, so that they could become greater and everybody would see how great they were. And so God did something that the only way I can see it was completely outside of his character. God took these people that had come together, that spoke the same language, and he broke them apart. He made each of them talk in a different language. They couldn't understand one another, and so each group that spoke the same language divided and, and went out. And that is so far outside of who God is. Everything that we, we, we really see, and God is talking about, you know, his relationship with, with Jesus and the Spirit and being, being together, being one. He wants to bring people together. He is love. He is oneness, even within himself. But that's, that is what 
God chose to do. I think, I think about that like I think about, um, you know, whenever my, my mom always used to say, you know, well, for a while, for the first little bit of me growing up, it was this hurts me so much more than it hurts you, and I, I laughed at her. I made the mistake of laughing at her after she spanked me, and, um, and, then it was, and then it was, go to your room, wait for your dad. I don't know that it hurts him more than it hurts you, but, um, but my dad would say the same thing. I don't want to do this. And they, they disciplined us. So that we would learn and so that we could, you know, wh- whether it was not lie, um, treat our siblings the same way, whatever it was, they wanted us to, to understand that message. So that when we got older and we got outside of our family, we would treat others well. We, we would speak to others lovingly. We could be God's love to other people. So that idea of, of disciplining, you know, came back here. You see God doing the same thing with his people. No, this isn't about you. This world is not about you. It is not about you being magnified. You need to, be, you need to worship your creator. And so he, he split them up because they just didn't understand that. Even after most of creation was destroyed in the flood. And so you have these people that are spread all apart. And, and then we get to the New Testament and, and Jesus, right before he's arrested, Jesus prays. He says, my prayer is not for them. And, and Jesus has spent this, this entire time in the garden praying to God, knowing what is coming, knowing that he's going to be arrested and go through an awful torture. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. It's, it's not just for his disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, through the disciples' message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. This is who God is. This is who Jesus is. This is what the Spirit's actions are, is bringing us together, making us unified. And then just a few, a few chapters later, Jesus has died and and he's risen and he's gone back up into heaven with God. And we've been talking about this passage for the last three weeks. This passage, I hope that you see how important this piece of scripture is. And we just had it read to us in those many different languages that, that are represented here just at just McKnight. We see the, the day of Pentecost where, where Peter is preaching and the disciples are preaching in, and the Spirit comes and the Spirit is, is on the disciples and people can hear in their own language. You see, that day of Pentecost, this is the first act of the Holy Spirit that we read about in the New Testament. And, and this act is one of it's not, it's not restoring humanity to what it was. 
at the time of Babel. It's not bringing it back to that one language. You look at what he did. This is, this is a redemption. All these people didn't come together and they weren't just like each other. They didn't all speak the same language. They didn't have the same past experiences. But the Spirit came and they all heard the same message. They heard it in their language. The Spirit redeemed humanity. He made the one likeness, the one likeness that mattered, really come out. And Jason talked about this last week where Luke says they devoted themselves speaking of that new community there. In Acts 2, verse 42, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And listen to this verse, verse 44. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They had everything in common. They didn't speak the same language. They didn't all look alike. They didn't all come from the same place. Their families were different. But yet it's described that they had everything in common. It's because they had the one thing that mattered in common. The one thing that mattered was Jesus, was his love, was his unifying them. That is what brought them together. That's what allowed them to live in this community where they shared with each other, where they sacrificed for each other. They were a fellowship of difference that became one because of the Spirit. So just like this, this salad over here, just imagine that this is so many different parts, so many parts the same as, as what is in this salad. But every part in this salad right here is brought out, is, is raised up, is that the taste is made to be better, enhanced because of what we poured over the whole thing, because of that, because of that oil, because of that olive oil that we put on here, is that is what the Spirit provides us. Because being different is really, really easy. Being different is easy. I can come in here and I can, I can disagree, I can want my own way. I can be different with you without even trying. But being a church of difference is one of the most difficult things that we can do because we can't rely on ourselves. You know, I grew up, I, I've shared a lot about the church that I grew up in, and, and I'm assuming that some of you adults might have grown up in a church very similar, where um, we were a church of likes and sames. I loved my church. I grew up, I, I mean, I grew up there. I, I, I haven't gotten to visit there because I'm always here on Sundays, but I grew up right across the river, and 
And I love those people. They were my family. But a lot of the things that, there wasn't much diversity in, in how we thought and how we were raised. And even the, the socioeconomics throughout the church, there was some difference, but, but not much. And as, um, you know, Martin, as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, there is, you know, he talked about, the ch- about Sunday morning being one of the most segregated days of the week. That 10 o'clock hour is one of the most segregated days of the week, and, and the most segregated school that you could find is probably going to be Sunday school. It's because we gravitate towards being a church of likes and sames, and it's easy to do that. That is not who God is. We see right here that in in John chapter 17 that that is not what Jesus is praying for. And we see in Acts chapter 2 verse 42 that that is not what the church was. But it is not because of those people. They allowed the Spirit to come into their lives. They allowed the Spirit to work. And they allowed who they were to not become as great as who God is calling us to be. A church of difference. The church, you know, Scott McKnight goes on to share in his book that the church, of, uh, the church is God's show and tell for the world to see how he wants us to live as a family. There's something so much deeper that's, that's going on as well. He is using the Spirit to, to infect our lives so that we can go out and, and we can be that outside of these walls. We need people to see what's going on in here because everything in the world seems to be tearing us apart at any given moment. You turn on the TV, you listen to the news, you see what's going on in our communities And it's just about tearing people apart, about polarizing everything. And when we come here, we have to be different. Because that's who Jesus is. That's who God is. And the Spirit inside of us, that is what the Spirit is calling us to be. It's different from the world and a church that magnifies, allowing the Spirit to magnify each culture, each bringing up, each language, bringing that out and allowing each part to glorify God. I am here to tell you, as somebody who's been leading worship, as somebody that's been a part of this church for nearly 14 years now, not as long as some some of you, it is not easy. It's easy to stand up here and say these things, but to put them into practice each week, I will tell you right now that I need your help. I want the different parts of this church, of this church body, of this church family to be magnified, to be glorified, because whenever we silence any part of that 
we're taking a step away. We're taking a step away from what God is calling us to. You know, I was talking, I was spending some time talking with, um, with Steve Walker and with Philip Matheny before preaching this sermon this week, and, and it is so easy to become a church like this salad. Like I said, the church that I grew up in, the church that I know was, was no different than, you know, than me and what I liked. And so when I, when I lead worship, if, if I am not prayerful about it, if I'm not intentional about what we do here on Sunday mornings and what we do throughout the year, it's really easy for church to look like this where it's what I desire, where it's what I'm used to. It's just easy. It's a default. Where all we taste is what I grew up with. And I'm sorry. I need your help. But it's something that just I can't want. It's not just about what I desire and what I desire to become. It has to be about what the Spirit is calling us to. God has designed the church to make the previously invisible visible. To make those that haven't been seen or heard or a part of what's going on to be seen, to be a part, and to be lifted up. Like I said, the ideas are easy. What we do the rest of this year is we call this out as one of our important values, our key values, is what is going to make a difference. I want to read something. Like I said, I was, I was chatting with um, Philip Matheny. They spent, I forget how many years it was, over in Burkina Faso in, in Western Africa. And in talking to them, you hear stories about them finding a church and what they did. And they didn't want to be the, uh, you know, the, the family that, the only family that drove to their church. So they found a church within walking distance to go to. You know, and as expected, they were probably one of the, uh, the only white families, definitely the only American family that was there that spoke English. But this was uh, Sarah's account of them going to church, and I want to, read the, I want to read her words. She said, When we moved to Africa and didn't understand very much, the little church where we worshipped invited our family to go up to the front and sing a song in English on Sunday mornings. Let me just tell you, there was no way we were going to do that. We are not the Von Trapp family singers. A few months later, we began to understand this little rural church in West Africa was made up of seven or eight different people groups, African tribes, each with their own language. And every Sunday morning in worship, each people group took a turn singing at least one song in their language. One by one, or in groups, seven different song leaders would go up and lead in their own mother, in their own mother tongue. The invitation for our family to worship in English in front of everyone meant more than a song 
It meant we belonged. They were welcoming us with all of our differences to take our place in the global church to represent English speakers in the body of Christ. We were up there with pleasure every Sunday after that. They were gracious with our cultural, cultural blunders, and we were honored to be one of the many people groups who worshiped together. Ideas are easy, but living those ideas is hard. What does that mean for us as we move forward? One, maybe it's stepping out of your comfort zone. Maybe it's inviting people to worship around your table at your home. People that you don't know, people that aren't like you. And just find out about them. Just listen to them. Know where they came from. Know what's important to them. Listen. You know, last night as we, uh, as we were doing stupid games, as I saw... You know, dads and daughters having post-its stuck on their heads and throwing tennis balls to knock down pyramid cups and dropping eggs. One of the things that I also saw was people who didn't know each other getting to know just a little bit about one another. That's just one thing. But if it stops right there, then it didn't do anything. We need to be continuing being a church of difference by listening to one another by fellowshipping with one another, by worshiping with one another, by allowing the Spirit to bring out every unbelievable part that God has created that's here. Diversity is not something that is a new key value here at McKnight. It's one that's been a value for a long time. I just wanted to take this morning to to re-emphasize what this value is. And throughout this year, we are going to be talking to people that, that grew up in this church from very different backgrounds and that are here now in leadership roles. People from that, that look different, that act different, that talk different, but they grew up here. This has to be something that's important to us, not because it's something that the leadership came up with, but because this is what Jesus prayed about. And this is what the Spirit did. I don't want to ignore those things anymore. Like I said, I know that I need your help in allowing all of those voices to be heard through God's lens. I'm going to ask uh, Bryant, Quinn, do you guys mind grabbing this one? Um, you know, Matt, Lori, Matt, can you help me grab this? I'm going to invite the praise team to go ahead and and come up, and I'm going to ask you to uh, to stand as I as I say this prayer as they prepare to um, uh, to sing our our next song. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you can go ahead and get it. God, we are grateful for the love that you offer us, but Father, we are mindful that we are not perfect, but we know we are better together because of you. Not just because who we are and, and our church can be glorified because of the great job we're doing, Father, but because your spirit is with us. And God, we want people to see you. We want people to hear your message. 
we want those that, that have been invisible, that have felt invisible to, to, to be seen, to be heard, to be amplified. God, this is not something that, that is going to be easy, and we know that. Father, we pray for your help. We pray for your aid in being one. God, allow our differentness to glorify you because it is not what the world is calling for. But God, we know that it is what the world needs is for our differentness to be glorified in your name. God, for your oneness to be shown everywhere we go. God, help us to be a church of difference that point to you. I thank you for your love. It's in your son's holy name that we pray. Amen.